I have always been incredibly interested in optimizing my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual performance. And this is one of the reasons why I started on it. But that quest has continued, a quest that has brought me to explore hormone optimization and most recently, fertility optimization, which is something that we talk about on this podcast with Dr. D, the CEO of an organization called Biohacks that is on the cutting edge of all of the peptides and different longevity and performance treatments that are available today. We have a fun conversation that goes a bit into my own medical challenges and path to optimization, as well as what's available in the market in general and how medicine can and will be practiced in the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. So enjoy this podcast with Dr. D. But before we get started, a word from our sponsors. First up, we have Helix Sleep. Now, I'm going to admit that I didn't sleep well last night. I slept on a Helix mattress, and it wasn't the mattress's fault. Actually, the way that our lovely kitten, Neytiri, was lying next to my wife, it put her in a position where her mouth was completely agape, and she just couldn't stop snoring. And then I would move the kitten, and the kitten would go right back to where she was in the first place, thus putting Vilana's mouth in a prone position, and she was snoring. So this has nothing to do with the exceptional mattress that is Helix Sleep. We ordered it specifically for this room in Miami because we love sleeping on Helix mattresses. You get all of the different choices between what level of firmness and also the way that it arrives. Like it wasn't difficult. Can you imagine getting a mattress delivered to the 11th floor? It's a nightmare, a normal mattress, but not the way that Helix Sleep delivers it. Everything from their packaging to what the mattress is made of is absolute top-notch quality. So for right now, Helix Sleep is offering 20% off your first order as well as two free pillows. So if you're interested, go to helixsleep.com slash amp and get, and get 20% off plus two free pillows. helixsleep.com slash amp. Next up, we have Mudwater. Now, Mudwater is one of my favorite products that are out there in the health and wellness better for you space. It's a coffee alternative. It has four adaptogenic mushrooms. It has cacao, Ayurvedic herbs, and it's really a coffee alternative. It has a fraction of the caffeine of a cup of coffee, but I do like a little bit of caffeine, and Mudwater just hits that sweet spot. It doesn't have a bunch of sugar or anything in there, so if you want to add your own sweetener, you're welcome to, or if you're mixing it in a shake or a warm morning drink like I often do, it's just really a kind of a perfect product, and it's no surprise that Mudwater has done so well as a company because it's just phenomenal, and phenomenal all the way up, all the way down, not only from the quality of ingredients, the flavor profile, and also just the customer service and the ethos of the company itself. I am a huge fan. And again, cacao and chai for mood and a microdose of caffeine. They got lion's mane, which helps with cognitive support and alertness. Cordyceps, which is the flagship ingredient in our product, Shroom Tech Sport from Onnit. It's got chaga and reishi to support your immune system and offer that little bit of calm that comes with the reishi mushroom. Turmeric is also one of those great products for any kind of stiffness or soreness you might be feeling. And cinnamon, which is an ingredient that's very close to my heart, that also has a bunch of antioxidants and actually in high enough amounts can help with blood sugar regulation. I talk about that a bit in my book, Own the Day. So mud water is just one of those things that if you're curious about a coffee alternative and you like making delicious beverages, whether they're smoothies or hot drinks, 
I highly recommend it. It's Whole30 approved, 100% USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, kosher certified. It's got all the goods. So go to mudwater.com slash amp. That's M-U-D-W-T-R.com slash amp. And use the code Aubrey to get 15% off at checkout. Once again, the code Aubrey for 15% at checkout. Next up, we have Apollo Neuro. Now, Apollo is a stress relief wearable that is designed to help you become a calmer, more mindful version of yourself through touch therapy. And it does this by providing these warm, pulsing sensations that actually go through the device. And it's really interesting to feel the effects that this has on your nervous system. It's something that Vailana and I will use both when we're in a medicine journey or a meditation or sometimes a breathwork experience. But honestly, it doesn't have to be during any of those experiences. The effects of the Apollo wearable will be noticeable whether you're actually paying attention to it or not, or whether you're in one of those transformational or transcendental states or not. Some of the results of the clinical trials that they've done on Apollo Neuro have shown that users experience 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety, 19% more time in deep sleep, up to 25% increases in focus and concentration. And all of these different effects are based on different programs and different pulses that the Apollo Neuro actually pushes through in the vibrational mechanism of the device itself. Just like our brain waves pulse at different frequencies that allows us to actually access different states of consciousness, this is working in not exactly the same way, but it's working in a similar way, pushing out different frequencies of pulses that are sensed by the skin and received by the nervous system. It's a really cool device developed by neuroscientists and doctors. You may have heard Dr. Dave Rabin talk about it on my podcast already. So if you're interested, go to apolloneuro.com slash Aubrey. That's Apollo, N-E-U-R-O.com slash Aubrey, and you will get $40 off of the wearable. And finally, we have On It. Now, everybody's heard me talk about On It. Why? Because I created On It largely as a solution to everything that I've wanted to have available for my own life. So it's just expanding the toolbox of all of the tools that are available. I actually had somebody ask me recently, they're saying, what do you do with all of the different supplements and biohacking techniques and everything that you're aware of? How do you fit it all in? And my explanation was really, look, I've spent the time to get familiar with all of the different tools, all of the different supplements, all of the foods, all of the practices. And I don't do everything every single day. That would be crazy. But I know which tool to apply to which situation to bring out the total human optimization that I'm looking for in that given moment. So that's how I do it. And on it is a huge indelible part of this process for me. And I know it will be for you. So check out everything we have on it.com slash Aubrey for 10% off always. Once again, onnit.com slash Aubrey. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Dr. D. Dr. D. What's up, my brother? Here Thank we are, my man. Me, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're here in Miami. This is your hometown. Yes, sir. But I didn't meet you here. I met you when I was out at Jake Paul's fight out in Arizona and uh, didn't have any ideas about potentially meeting somebody who could help manage my health. But we ended up riding in cars together as we were going <laughs> to and from the fight to support Jake in, uh, in that fight against Anderson Silva. 
And I started to get to talking with you. And what I saw was a medical mind that actually saw beyond just what the conventional medical model sees and started to see the patient really, like who the person really is, what the mm. energy was all about, what how the heart plays into it, and has all the knowledge about the hormones and the peptides and everything. And I was like, damn, this might be my guy. <laughs> this might be my guy. <laughs> so um, with that, you know, after that happened in that in that moment when I recognized that, hit you up and and obviously you're the CEO, CEO of Biohacks. Yeah. CEO of Biohacks. And I got with you and your team and we did a bunch of tests. You made it really easy and looked at all my blood and uh and we started to kick it off. So I wanted to use this as an opportunity to share with my audience both some of the things that have worked with me, some of the mistakes that I may have made, some of the things that I wasn't aware of as I've been working with different doctors. Right. And uh and just kind of share really a story of in many ways performance health, mm -hmm. fertility health and you know male hormonal health in an interesting way. And uh, we haven't got to talk about that. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Brother, so honored, such a pleasure uh, to be here. And uh, I remember that car ride, uh, with a lot of sirens next to us were getting escorted in. That was pretty cool. We got like a police <laughs> escort. <laughs> yeah. And you said the fight now, and I couldn't even remember which, like for a second you said Anderson Silva. I was like, oh yeah, because I've been, been through that with Jake a few times and um, you know, uh, that, that kid's a very special kid. He's doing really good work. He really is. Yeah, yeah he's special, a special he, guy. He's a special guy, and I think people don't actually understand. They only see they only see a sliver of uh, of the guy that that uh, I think you and I get to see. I'm gonna say something from the bottom of my heart. He's one of the top humans I admire right now. Like from getting to know him and seeing him in these last two years that I've been with him and seeing his growth. I mean, God bless him. He's such a, such a good person. But yeah, in that conversation, I remember we, we, uh, uh, Lucas in, in, introduced us, right? Yeah, yeah. So Lucas Mack and yeah. Ella Weston were also there supporting Jake Paul. And this yeah. is all this whole kind yeah, of, he comes up Jake's to, got it. Jake's got oh, his fucking, he's got a badass <laughs> entourage rolling with him. And he's like, uh, I think I was talking to Jake's coaches. He's like, oh, there, there's somebody you got to meet, bro. You and him are going to vibe because you both are like, like I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, um, then yeah, I walked up to you. And then um, one thing I'll tell you, your, your energy immediately like, you know, I walked in this room, I was commenting on somebody's energy here too. Like I, that's something I, I, I'm trying to learn how to pay more attention to. Mm -hmm. And just right here, just me saying this, this already does not play any role in traditional medicine. Like just me talking about this and energy. Yeah, what are I mean, you talking whoa. about? <laughs> he has an MD, which yeah, I, I, I have a doctor in medicine and I went to school for this and, and did postdoc work and research and metabolism and so forth. So I was in that model, you know, definitely dressed with a a button up every day and walking right. I, wore the costume. Yeah, wore the costume. Last hospital I worked at was at the Cleveland Clinic here. And in now Austin. apparently the costume is sleeveless <laughs> with a hoodie. <laughs> with the which hoodie. Is, which is and rare. We both we both ran into each other and was like, what are the chances I know, that we're right? both wearing sleeveless cool. with a hoodie? But and, and whatever it is, it would and, actually be, it would have been more <laughs> insincere if we changed just exactly. so it didn't look like we planned it. But this is actually our humility showing that Oh yeah, we're being twinsies right now. Absolutely. And I believe, again, going back to energy and so forth, there's something there. There's always, <laughs> there's something in the ether. This is a sleeveless hoodie podcast. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> there you go. But, but you know, like 
so so discussing energy and so forth, you know, you and I in, in, in that car ride, um, you know, I think opened doors to our connection and, um, and just, you know, my role in your life and other people's lives, I think is to be a little bit of a beacon of hope and of light, you know, just to understand what's going on on this, on this planet. Cause I dedicate my time to studying this stuff. Like even today, um, I was talking to, I think he's, He's the next Elon Musk of the biotech space. His name's Ryan Smith, a very, very good friend of mine. He owns TrueH Diagnostics, the company that does the mm -hmm. epigenetic testing, which uh, according to him, apparently uh, uh, we're the largest, we have the largest database of epigenetic information in the world right now, us at the biohack. So I was like, okay, I didn't know that. And he told me that last week. So, But just talking to him, he was telling me about the imprintome. And, and the imprintome is basically how it's epigenetic generational transitioning from, not from you to your kids, but from your parents to your kids. See, mm. and that my role, I know, I just saw it in your face, like, yeah, that's crazy. So, what they so ate like, will influence so your kids. So grandfather, so the grandfather, grandmother generation. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. And this is like so all brand new stuff. So like two generations. Yeah. And then I feel like my job is to take these things that, you know, are never, I mean, not never, but are going to take a long time to be recognized by traditional medicine and by traditional medical models. And I understand because there's, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be cautious in what you're approving out there to be said and different medications and what's FDA approved and what's not. But the role too is to guide people along their health uh, with the most cutting edge things, but also the sacred sciences of our planet earth, which yeah. we're, we're, we're veering totally off with all this chemical engineering that we're, surrounding ourselves with and making our us, us toxic and i really believe it's disrupting our connection with our higher self mm -hmm. and our maker yep. you know so it's much more than just like oh here take your stuff yeah yeah <laughs> something deeper man this is uh you called it the imprintome yeah it's not that's i mean it, it it's really interesting because what you're talking about is healing generational trauma and that's oh. a, that's a complicated that's a complicated thing to think about, and I I didn't plan on talking about this on the podcast, but in the psychedelic medicine world, of course, you experience that you experience things that pass down from the lineage, either your you know paternal lineage, your maternal lineage, things that have happened in in your line. It, you certainly feel like you have you get the opportunity to work with that on a spiritual level, but what you're saying is that there's actually epigenetic triggers that are happening. And then, and so, you know, just, just for a moment to just have some compassion and sympathy that people are suffering the wounds and traumas that their parents and their grandparents suffered. And, you know, I'm Jewish and, you know, my parents escaped from Russia, not my parents, but my great, great, great grandparents escaped from Russia during the pogroms. So, and they were being persecuted by the Russians. Yeah, I was, I was Jewish, right, Jewish. Right. And, but there's, if you're, so that's a couple generations away. So I haven't really felt that necessarily in my own field. But now as we get closer, we're talking about Jews who have had their grandparents go through the Holocaust. We're talking about people of color who have been, you know, subject to just ridiculous amounts of racism and some of the, and the, the sexism that's occurred and also the just personal trauma, sexual trauma, all of this stuff. There's so much that comes from our ancestors. And just like 
the compassion is we're so quick to judge people, you know, and like, oh, I can't yeah. believe this person is like that. Well, you don't even know what they're carrying, not only from a spiritual standpoint, but actually from an epigenetic standpoint. They may be carrying oh a God. lot, yes. a lot. So just everybody, like, let's give a little bit of grace to everybody else out there, knowing that there's a lot that we all have to deal with. Absolutely. And what you're saying on the epigenetic side, and just, I guess, for for listeners to maybe get a bigger grasp of what it is, because the word epigenetic, genetic, epigenetic, whatever, just uh, um, a two minute on an epi, uh, what the epigenetic is, our epigenome is back in the year uh, 2000, 2001, we wanted to calculate the human g- genome to really understand how mm-hmm. many genes, et cetera, was inside the human. And I think everybody remembers the human genome project, right? And then, let me see if I remember this off the top of my head. Um, we were estimating the, the humans to have about uh, a billion genes, one billion, right? Um, but we saw, so we started, we did this by extrapolation. We saw that a grain of rice had 52,000 genes, okay? Um, mosquito, if I'm not mistaken, 100 and something thousand genes, 172,000 genes, something like that. They need to change that one motherfucking gene that tells the mosquitoes to bite me first. <laughs> that motherfucker is in there and it's creating my own generational trauma bro, mosquitoes around mosquitoes. Attached to you, bro. Like mosquitoes love me, bro. They eat me alive. <laughs> maybe, it. maybe it's because we're putting good peptides in I know. Lives. No, there's something there, man. There's something high. there. And uh, so, but check this out. So remember, a grain of rice, 52,000 genes. You know how many genes are inside of a human? 23,000 genes. Half of the grain of rice. Half of the grain of rice. It's crazy. So it's like, wait a minute. So that's what epigenetics is. It's not, you, you're not totally so, made up. So by we genes. thought there was going to be a billion. But, but there's actually, only 23,000. It actually turns out there's 23,000, which is less than actually some of the more simple organisms yep. that exist. And and what you're saying is the reason is because epigenetics is like the, it's almost like quantum computing where things can switch on and exactly. off and change, and change the code of the genes. So now bringing it back to what you were saying on the trauma and so forth, and I hope some of our listeners have their jaw dropped because I still remember when I first learned this, I'm like, wait, 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 wait hold on. There's, we have half the genes of a, pretty much of a grain of rice. So it's like, okay, so what makes this like beautiful complexity of this organism in front of me called Aubrey Marcus, right? Like how is he functioning as, you know, I thought it was the complexity of his DNA, which indeed, yes, that's true. But so what the epigenetics, what epigenetics is, is epi means over, right? So epigenetics is your environment, you, you, your, your, your whole lifestyle, everything is impacting your DNA and thus your gene expression. You're not altering your genes, but your gene expression is really what's at play, being influenced. And now we have this imprintome idea, being influenced and uh, by your past and also gives us hope that we can actually make changes, chemical changes, which I really, biochemical changes, which I believe in and live by. And, and, and I'm not saying pharmaceutical changes, I'm saying biochemical changes, bring, bringing your, your framework, your biochemical framework back to how you're designed or how, how you were made to operate. Mm-hmm. And then thus improving your, your epigenome and hopefully improving your human experience. Yeah, amen. And one of the things that's, you know, talking about the blueprint of who we are, when I was 36, I found that I was just, I was getting depressed. It was difficult. Like I'd always loved working out. I've been I've been working out my whole life. I've been an athlete my whole life. I didn't want to go to the gym anymore. I couldn't recover quite right. And I was like, something's off. Something's off. So I went and got my blood drawn. And 
got my hormones checked. And what they saw was sex hormone binding globulin was through the roof. And of course, I was right in the middle of, you know, the founding and, and being the CEO of Onnit and in a polyamorous relationship and a lot of things. So my stress level was extraordinarily high. And what the doctor explained to me at that point is that stress and sex hormone binding globulin, which if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it soaks up the free available testosterone that you have in your body. Absolutely. So not only was my testosterone low, which I think has a lot of other environmental causes, the kind of estrogenic world that we live in from all the plastics and all the things that we do, but also because of my sex hormone binding globulin being so high, I had almost like very, very little actual testosterone available. So I got on testosterone replacement therapy then. And I don't, I don't talk about my own health that much, but I really feel like now, because now that I'm with Vailana and I got, you know, started working with biohacks to actually figure things out, I wanted to share it because, you know, so starting at 36, I got on testosterone replacement therapy and fucking A, (laughs) fucking A. It was like, it was like better living through science. I was like, holy shit, I'm back, baby. Yeah. I'm fucking back. And there's, I think people don't understand testosterone, first of all. I think they think of it like, oh, it's all about, you know, macho. It was like so much more about how my brain was working. Like I felt like I was me again. You know, like the world was all difficult and hard. And then all of a sudden I started replacing some of the hormones that I was no longer producing or was getting absorbed by my sex hormone binding globulin. And it was like, oh. I got this. I got this. We're good. We're good. Everybody. Hey, hey, you know, I'm gonna call a meeting. I want to let everybody know we're good. (laughs) And that's really the effect that it had. And of course it had physical effects too. It was easier to put on muscle and, and whatnot, but I was always in great shape, you know, but really, as far as from a psychological perspective, it was a fucking miracle. I, just even before I make some comments here, because a lot of people will say, oh, testosterone replacement therapy, whatever, testosterone causes cancer and so forth. Um, yeah, it absolutely will cause cancer if it's not bioidentical, if it's not like the one we're properly using. And I say where, because I'm I also use that stuff and a lot more. <laughs> Everything the, the philosophy is to use bioidentical substances, which your body is no is deficient in doesn't have the resources to produce because again, a lot of environmental factors are not allowing us to actually produce that. And then you get guys like you, and I'm going to include myself because I started biohacks um, or started understanding the science behind biohacks. I was 30. I was a researcher at Cleveland Clinic and um, just basically getting diagnosed with depression. Mm. And just same thing, you know, went to see my hormone profile and et cetera, no energy, no focus. And I have no shame in saying this. My sex life was like pretty much starting to go out the window. I was really, I was with my beautiful wife already. So it was like, what the heck's going on? And same thing. And then when, once, once you replace what's missing, okay, not add something, um, different than the body's producing, but replace what's missing. It's a whole new life. I like to joke around. I say it's the hustler serum. That's where it's like, you're like, bro, I got this here. Vitality, mood, energy, focus, concentration gets better. And I'll even give you an example. I see this in the company all the time. You know, miss, you know, 
Mrs. Smith brings Mr. Smith, right? And she's like, oh my God, he's so grumpy. Da, 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 da. And she's, you know, 78, he's 82 or something like that. And then all of a sudden, he's never done any hormonal, hormonal replacement therapy or anything like that. You give him a little bit of testosterone cream or something like that, he perks up. He starts to feel better. Even spatial recognition improves. If, if you start talking to the person mm -hmm. lots of times, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not losing myself so much. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going from, from the bathroom uh, to, to, to the kitchen. I'm like, oh, what am I doing here again? It, that starts mm -hmm. to improve. And it's not only about those like physical gains, et cetera. So I'm, yeah, totally with you, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that we live in a, we live in a world in a, in a way that's not like our ancestors lived. Like we're, we're, we're an animal. We're a primal, savage primate. And we're not living the life of a primal savage primate. No. We're not in a tribe. We're not connected with the oxytocin of always being linked with our brothers and our and our wives and our children and you know hunting and out in nature and long periods of just parasympathetic rest and then short yes. bursts of intensity in a hunt or in a fight or so. We're not living that life. We're mostly just wired all the time, trying to accomplish and do and create companies and build stuff. And it's beautiful. I love our current life. I'm not trying to say that I would like to romanticize and go back and regress, you know, to our ancestors. I, maybe sometimes I wish, sometimes <laughs> I wish I could, but ultimately I like, I do love our life, but the lifestyle needs to have an equal countermeasure to actually support us, the animal us, right? To be able to function in this kind of unnatural environment for us as animals. Right. You, 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 you just mentioned something I always talk about, you know, like before I'm going to speak very like rudimentary here. We had our little cave, you know, what, what we would have those sympathetic rushes run from a, you know, run from a tiger, you know, like mm -hmm. hunt some food, a fight or something like that. And then we would shut off. Nowadays we don't shut off. We're constantly yeah. on that email comes in the, you know, the, the, the issues with uh, work and the phone doesn't stop, et cetera. You know, we're, we're constantly on, I mean, our wearables are telling us right constantly. And, uh, you know, I actually have two cell phones, man. I, uh, every once a year for about a month, I'll disconnect. I'll only use a phone that my assistant, mm -hmm. my wife, my mom, dad, an attorney yeah, have the bat phone. Yeah. It's like, and I'll disconnect for a bit and I actually go into deep study and so forth. Um, but what ultimately that does, it leads us to, as humans, into uh, we start to regress chemically really bad, really, really bad. And then on top of that, we're using other agents, you know, on our daily living, like the, to clean our body, the detergents and soaps and so forth, and that are start to hurt us. And then on top of that, to try to fix it, we use medications that are not addressing the biochemistry at all. Yeah, they're just addressing the symptoms of what we're experiencing. So exactly. And rather than the root cause of what we're experiencing, which is toxic buildup from our environmental causes or, you know, depletion of the natural hormonal balance of what we have. You know, and it's it's funny because like the most the best person you can possibly be is the person with all of your hormones balanced and flourishing, right? Absolutely. And it's like, I think sometimes people think like, oh, testosterone, that's what makes men violent. And that's the shadow mask. And it's like, no, no, no. This is necessary no. for any man, the loving father, Absolutely. the romantic lover, the, you know, the leader, the every good aspect that you ever want. And that's not just in men, it's in women too. Women need testosterone as well, just different amounts. Absolutely. But nonetheless, like it's a part of 
every, every aspect of our life. And that's really what I felt when, when I first, you know, experienced like replacing the hormones that, that I had lost. It was like, oh shit, like here I am again, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm home. And that, that was a really profound thing. Now at that point, I didn't have the, I didn't have the kind of, I didn't have the awareness about what, how this might affect certain things downstream. And this circles back to the fertility thing, because one of the things that happens, you know, I was 36 then in a polyamorous relationship. I was not thinking about fertility. <laughs> in fact, the less fertility, the better <laughs> right? You know, at that point. So when you take testosterone, your fertility can actually dry up basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it got to the, so I was on testosterone, just testosterone for, I guess, five years. And then Vailana and I are finally talking about having kids. So I was like, all right, well, let's, let's see what, what's happening now. I'm pretty sure I'm not producing any sperm at all, but let's check to make sure. Sure enough, go to the sperm bank or whatever the, the mm, fertility right. clinic and give a donate. Well, I actually, actually they let you give a donation at home now, which is like way oh, cooler than magazine. And it, and it was literally zero. And this was, you know, right before we went out to the Jake Paul fight. And so when, when we met, you know, that was one of the things that was on my mind was like, all right, you know, I've had this thing. It's worked really well. I've felt like that one lever, just moving that one lever has significantly up leveled my life and, you know, brought me back to kind of a normal balanced state, but it's, you know, it's dried up all my fertility. So we got to switch some things around. And that's where, you know, you guys at Biohacks started to put together, you know, a, a program for me. And we're just kind of starting that program, but I'm actually surprised at how, you know, how smooth the transition has been because I've transitioned pretty much mostly off the testosterone, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll pass this over to you here to talk about, you know, talk about what happens when, what happens to fertility when you're on testosterone, like it happened to me. And then what, you know, some of the solutions that we're working with actually look like. Yeah. So, um, I know it's been pretty smooth and I heard some of your clothes is fitting a little tighter now. I heard yeah, that. actually, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I've put on, I've actually put on more muscle in the, since, since getting on the new protocol, mm -hmm. which is surprising to me because I'm taking less testosterone. Exactly. So I wanted to start off there because lots of times the guys are like, why don't they want to get off of testosterone? It's like, because I'm going to wither away. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's like, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to turn, uh, you know, very skinny, whatever. So and that, also just a note, like, you can't just take testosterone and put on muscle. You got to work out too. Yeah. yeah of course, <laughs> you know, like, of course. like it's not just like, this is not, you know, something like you got to fucking hit it. And yeah. you know, I've, that's what I've been doing my whole life is, is hitting it hard. And you do that though. And then all of a sudden you start to see like, Oh wow. All right. You, you put what? 12 pounds, 12 pounds on 12 pounds. And uh, no, but he, and here, here's the idea. Um, when, when you're, you're starting to prepare the body, bodies um to to make a human which that's sacred man that's super super sacred right i i mean some would say the most sacred yeah yeah it is, exactly i agree with you i just had our first baby as you know six mm -hmm. month old you know a little apollo <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm, I'm going through that process right now but so once you start to to remove that testosterone the exogenous testosterone from your body the idea is to get your body to produce 
um, endogenous, your own testosterone. So I, for example, we, we had the baby, I never got off. Because when your body's producing your own testosterone, you're also producing sperm. Somehow exactly. those two things are yeah, linked. If you're exactly. not producing testosterone, then you're, then you're not producing sperm. And when you're taking in bioidentical testosterone, your body recognizes, your body's fucking smart. Your body recognizes, hey, we got enough testosterone. Let's stop the factories. Exactly. We're going to stop the factories. Oh, by the way, the factories also make sperm. And they were like, yeah, all right, shut it all down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, and that's what, that's what basically happened. I was getting the testosterone. So the sperm and testosterone factory shut down. And then what you're, what, what you're talking about is these other different hormones that it can actually get the body kickstarted again and say, all right, factory's back in action. We're back making Fords. Let's go. We're, <laughs> Let's making, go. Marcus, <laughs> we're making Marcus vehicles again. So, so this is my personal philo like science philosophy at Biohacks and by which I designed our, you know, modus operandi. I don't think the guy should be shut off while he's taking the testosterone to tell you the truth. And lots of it goes into the dosing protocols. Okay. Because, you know, the traditional, oh, 200 milligram, you see a lot in these clinics, 200 milligram testosterone shot once a week. Yeah. That's going to shut you off because you're going to have that huge peak, right? Of testosterone, which when you take that shot, even though like, Hey, you're trying to hit a 900. So the testosterone goes from 300 to about 1200, depends on the labs. Mm -hmm. Some labs I've still see go to 1500. Others are coming down to 900, but let's say 1200, I think is the one I see the most. Um, when you take that shot, it's going to go way up there. That's not physiologic. My whole goal is to, to make the body, I mean, and I'm going to speak personally, I want to, I want my body to react if I was a Spartan living with the Spartans in the Spartans times, you know, right. like, you know, I want to have that kind of like physique, that kind of bravado, that kind of manliness that they had at that time naturally. It's not by doing one shot a week and it's going to go peak all the way up there. So one thing that happens when you do those peaks and valleys, that's when it, you, you shut off the FSH, LH, the follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone activity that's going to the uh, Leydig, uh, the Leydig cells and the Sertoli cells in the testicles and shuts them off. And then, like you said, it recognizes the testosterone, but doesn't produce a sperm. So one of the reasons, one of the ways to do it is actually shut off that big peak, peak and valley. You just you, you do, you make, you do it smaller. So yeah, you'll pin more times. And obviously you don't have to pin and I told you that you don't have to pin with those big harpoon looking things. You can pin mm -hmm. with small little insulin needles, uh, three to four times a week. And then in between, uh, with that, you come in with, with, uh, uh, other hormones that will help, um, other secretagogues that will help your FSH and LH to turn back on, like classically HCG, but there's things like gonadorelin, kispeptin, and there's even plants like Fidogia agrestis. There's a few things. Okay, so let's so let's slow down and talk about a couple of these things. Because the big switch was I was on, you know, one cc of a 200 milligram cyprianate, I guess, which mm -hmm. was the exact exactly what the testosterone was per week. And I divided it into two into two shots, but that was still enough to give me the peaks and valleys to shut me off completely. And then we switched over to uh, doing HCG, mm -hmm. which was actually going to then allow me to start producing my own right. testosterone and then producing my own. And actually, you know, <laughs> honestly, my whole, my whole, my balls actually came back <laughs> as well right Hello. you know because that when they weren't when they were that's the factory and when the factory was shut down you know the factory was shut down and uh and so that happened real really quite fast and i i kind of expected that to take a, a while longer but mm -hmm. it felt like 
oh, wow. And I haven't gotten my sperm checked again. It's only been about a month since I've been on the HCG. But it feels like, and, and, uh, and I look forward to verifying this, it feels like it's quite possible that I might be back yeah. on infertile again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm at this point, I'm pretty confident that you are. And, and even, and, you know, and this is what we kind of try to do, like, especially for guys that have been on uh, testosterone replacement therapy for so, quite some time. And every guy is very different, okay? Because it's not, some guys could take uh, a shot of testosterone and, and their, F, their pituitary uh, gonadal axis will act different than, you know, another guy. Some guys will take less to shut off. And other, it's what we call medicine negative feedback, right? So that's very different for, for most males. But the thing is you can, wh what you start to do is, is squeeze that testosterone protocol and split it up as much as possible. And then concomitantly scale that secretagogue, but not, we're not only doing that and, and something big also that we're doing. What's the secretagogue? Secretagogue. So it's a, a hormone in this case that will make your body secrete its own, um, its own hormone. Um, so in, that's the HCG? That's, that HCG is a secretagogue. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a expression for, for those type of hormones that are making your body produce its own. Okay. Um, Got it. So, so now, it's not only that activity that we're doing that's also not 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 only not letting you lose the the muscle mass but gain muscle mass get leaner um where you're you're feeling your gonads or your tes testes come back online etc and then hopefully we're going to have a, a successful sperm count but also the other stuff that we're doing you know the micronutrients and so mm -hmm. forth i mean just you know for listeners to understand it's not we're definitely doing something way deeper than than just looking at your hormones and taking the testosterone sure. and so forth. I mean, there were micronutrients, peptides, we're looking at yeah, chemical it's a holistic, toxicity. It's a, it's a holistic picture to actually get anywhere near health. And, and I think that's also one of the big problems with medicine is it gets very myopic. It oh. focuses on one symptom and one chemical solution to that, to that symptom. And sometimes that works great. You know, if you have a staff infection and you take an antibiotic, course, right? Yeah, like it's like, all right, one to one. This is the this is the problem. This is the solution. Fixed it, you know. And perfect. And and blessings, blessings to allopathic pharmaceutical medicine for having those solutions available. Absolutely. You know, like it's very important. But ultimately, if you don't take in the whole three hundred and sixty degree, including the energy, including the micronutrients, including the whole function of the system, mindset, every other aspect, you really have no chance at holistic like full vibrancy, full fuck, full health. Right. And there's, there's, there's even, so with, uh, with certain peptides and things that we're, we're, we're using with you. Um, and the next thing I'd love to, you know, perhaps see you, see you on, which is very also conducive for fertility is thymus therapy even, you know, mm -hmm. which is, I know that's like a big, like, <clears throat> but you know, the thymus gland, that's so important, you know, not your thyroid, I'm saying thymus gland, right? The, uh, where, where even the ancients used to tap your, their thymus, you know. So where's the thymus? The thymus is in the so, upper part of the chest? It's part of the chest. In, in medical school, first year, a, a lot of, you know, doctors watching this will probably remember a question that we use. Some medical schools do, you get a little x-ray of a baby's chest and then with a little arrow on an exam, right? And they're asking, what's the structure? And it's pointing to what looks like the heart. And you're like, <laughs> the teacher's giving me a freebie here and you write heart and everybody gets it wrong. It's the thymus gland. So the thymus gland's huge. 
when you're when you're born and it's regu- I mean, regulates your your immune system and then as you're as you're dying and in, involuting basically you almost can't even find it when you're older wow. yeah and, the, and there's there's studies now there's a trial you, you the, the listeners can pull up it's called a trim trial which is a study published in aging cell that shows how you can actually reverse uh, a- the a- aging process. They did nine nine males, and they were able to reverse their age by two years. Um, and trim trial stands for thymic regeneration, immunorestoration, and insulin mitigation. So it's not only to 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 provoke the best uh, the best ambiance for fertility. Yes adjusting the hormone protocols, et cetera, but also preparing the body for such a sacred event, especially the female body. Which is- so I mean, how, so um, how do you go about addressing the thymus? What, like, what do you, what do you feel from both a medical and, a, and also a metaphysical perspective about like, wh- like what is the thymus? Like, how do you see it when you, when you see it, if you were going to mythologize it, you know, and also then, you know, talk, materialist, reductionist, scientist, doctor, you know, talk, talk, talk both about this. You explained a little bit about where it is and, and whatnot, but like give people a sense of like, what is it? I think it's, well, on a, I'll start on a personal, I think right now it's like, it's wrong to say this, but I think it's like my favorite organ, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> all like, the other organs just, like, just lowered their head in shame. All the glands. Balls, like, I love you guys. But- <laughs> you know what? I did my best and Dr. D still has his favorites and I don't know what I got to do for him. But- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but- well, fucking thymus over here, just shrinking away and he loves it the most. Watch my balls shut off tonight with my wife. <laughs> What'd you say earlier today? <laughs> no, but, but no, it's so cool. And we like in med school, we barely addressed it. Right. And it, what it does, it's programming, um, your T cells and, and your immune system, um, to defend the, the body to, to, so, 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 you, you know, you have your like TH17. So, I mean, it gets pretty like technical, but you know, they're releasing these cytokines and tumor mm-hmm. necrosis factor alpha and things like that, that are going to fight the physical triggers of immune response that are coming into the body, which are the the chemicals, the excitotoxins, which is a nasty topic, which is like blue one and and uh, and uh, MSGs and mm-hmm. and all, you know they're in sweeteners and so forth. That your body's going to use these 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 T cells and what they're going to release to go fight these things. And the the thymus gland is the one regulating this whole thing. But the crazy part is, it's like this this headquarters of protection that's dying as you're aging, mm-hmm. and then eventually part of death is your immune system being overwhelmed. Mm. Now your thymus gland, as the trim trial is showing, um, is, is the one that's salvaging that, that that's the one that's helping your immune system to survive. Mm. But at the same time, lots of times when you feel that tightness in your chest, like somebody tells you, it's like something happened or people will say, yeah, it's your heart, et cetera. But also, is it not your thymus gland? Mm. And also, and, and it, yeah, because in those situations of stress, that's when you get sick, right? It's absolutely. Like when you're when you're feeling that that compression in your in your chest and, and it feels like your heart's closing. Well, if your heart and your thymus are closely so yeah, right located there. and connected and in that same energy center, mm-hmm. right? The energy center of your heart where you feel things kind of shut down when you get stressed, well, that's when you get sick. Yeah. And so it's actually kind of another way to look at why we get sick when we're stressed or when we're actually 
in some ways, quote, heartbroken, even though the heart can never be broken, but that everybody knows what I'm talking about, that feeling of just being... Absolutely. You know. So, so, and just so you know, thymus therapy was first, I was remembering here, I was trying to remember when, when the, I think, first documented physician, uh, first physician documented treatments with it, uh, Dr. Endel, Endelberg in... Um, in Sweden, since 1938, he was using it on, used it on 50,000 cancer patients. And there's a lot of research in regards to this too. So good for autoimmune fertility, et cetera, but just basically preparing the body uh, back to being healed. And what I was telling you, like the thymus gland is releasing these cells that, which those are releasing, um, like interleukin six, interleukin, you know, all, all these, these cytokines that are going to fight things that are mm-hmm. hurting your body. But at the same time, a lot of medications that we take shut off the thymus. Not the thymus, but the things, the cytokines that the thymus is releasing. I'll give mm-hmm. you an example. Um, so it's killing the soldiers that are coming out of the factory. Exactly. So, for example, you know, like uh, um, methotrexate shuts off tumor necrosis factor alpha. What's methotrexate? So it's a medication for like use for rheumatoid arthritis and so mm-hmm. forth, like an MTX, right? Those they call it medicine, whatever. It shuts off. Uh, that tumor necrosis factor alpha, that is being released, I think, by TH17, which is a cell being released by the thymus gland. Nuts. Mm. <laughs> so as that process is in, in, involuting, you lose that ability to fight it. But then at the same time, you're taking medications that are shutting that thing off. So it's like more. All right. So how do you, how do you create a thriving thymus? So um, number one, removal of... Um, I, 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 I use this term a lot, physical triggers of immune response because immune response, the thymus gland. So you don't want to overwhelm it. Right. Um, actually before even that, um, sometimes I, I, I watch where, where I'm having this conversation with you. I can definitely have this conversation. So let's re let's go to an upper level spiritually. Your, your mind does not run on reality. Your mind runs on your perception of reality. Mm -hmm. So if you are in that state that you're running from the lion mm-hmm. every day, all day, and you can't shut yourself off, there's so many studies that the adrenal gland goes through the roof, cortisol action goes super high, and literally cortisol like starts to rot your thymus gland. Mm-hmm. So the activity of the, of, of, of the cortisol and high levels of stress, because what is stress? High levels of cortisol. Well, the body's preparing to do something that's, it knows should be acute. And during it, you know, we're, we're always trying to maximize the energy that we have in our body. We have a certain amount of energy. We try to maximize it. All right. There's a stressor. There's something we need to run from. There's something we need to fight for. There's something we need to, we must do. All right. Well, let's shut down all of the other energy systems, give everything to our adrenal and musculoskeletal energy and ATP. Let's fucking go balls out, hit the nitrous tanks. We got a sprint here. Yeah. And that's, beautiful and brilliant like thank you body for having that fucking intelligence however we are just not living a lifestyle where we're actually shutting off because those situations where short bursts of intensity and long periods of rest that's not what we're experiencing we're always on we're always running we're always fighting we're always doing these things so the cortisol is always high and with that all of the immune function and production of the thymus is then getting shut down. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, when, 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 when you're in this like, um, you know, forebrain, hindbrain kind of mentality or like lifestyle, um, your, your immune, your body kind of, when it's in like that sympathetic, go, 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 your immune system takes a toll. And thus, like you said, you get sick. Yep. 
Um, so that would be the first, first way I would say, you know, mindfulness and, you know, just really get in tune with, you know, like, I really like what you said, like long periods of parasympathetic activity and just, you, you know what, you know, what's an interesting, an interesting thing to note is, uh, since 2021, like end of 2021, basically all of 2022, the only time I got sick, I got, I got COVID twice and it wasn't bad but I got it twice. But typically in a year, I would get colds and a flu and, you know, I would get sick. But actually, since I've started doing my, you know, regular ketamine cannabis therapy, really, which is my sacrament, mm -hmm. which is my place where I can actually deeply, deeply relax. I'm talking like quantum parasympathetic. Like I'm like so relaxed that I'm, I'm I feel, I literally, I, go into these journeys and ask myself, can I let go more? Can I let go more? Can I let go more? Oh yeah. How about more? How about surrender more? And cool. I just go deeper, 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 deeper. And it's so restorative that even though people around me and different, you know, Vailana's gotten sick a couple of times and different people who are staying in my house, people are sick. I used to always catch things from people but I didn't, I have not gotten sick. And I think really the only explanation is that I'm actually giving myself in, in those, in those experiences, the deepest, deepest rest possible. And I can feel it happening. I feel this surge of life force, this chi, this energy that floods over my body. And really, I, I also, because of my own metaphysical and spiritual beliefs i'm super grateful for those beings ascended masters energies entities archetypes or the one source of all that is love beauty intelligence of of all of the universe whatever is pouring through me is happening when i get to that deep state of rest and i feel i feel restored and it's been the healthiest i've been from a sickness perspective right period and the only thing that i can use to explain it is the fact that i'm actually have a practice now that allows me that type of deep rest. And, and I'll tell you from a, a science guy that likes to make the bridge and my essence is, uh, you know, I always say the, uh, the, 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 the normal isn't our regular life. The normal is the paranormal, <laughs> you yeah. know, so a guy that likes to understand, you know, take that deep dive. I really believe when you do that most namely, and I don't mean to like have some favoritism for glands again here, <laughs> but <laughs> the adrenal gland and the thymus gland, they really, they really reset, man. Yeah. You know? Everything, so, everything gets to, everything gets to just relax and take a nap. But then now when you come to people like us at biohacks, so we want to take it up a notch. <laughs> so yeah, of course. So then, so that's step one. Give it some rest. Yeah, basics. Absolutely. <laughs> basics you know, it's one just one. like you know, figure out a routine, um, mindfulness, etc. Um, follow Aubrey Marcus's footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't recommend that you follow my footsteps, but it works. Works fucking really good for me. I know a lot of people that follow you. They're doing great. <laughs> um, and uh, then two would be to lower um, um, triggers of immune response. So maybe consider walking around your place, walk, you know, takes, you know, get up on that mountain of life and take some inventory on what you're putting into your body, on everything you're consuming, on the chemicals that are around you, mm 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and start with your cleaning products. There's not that many, because the food, everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, I like this restaurant, I like this, how do I know? I'm like, okay, good. Start with the, the stuff you're, you're cleaning your body with, yeah. right? Your deter- detergents, your soaps, et cetera. There's so many things that are around us that are, are hurting our, our body, our system, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, foods, right? Uh, foods is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just so people know, like I, I wrote about it in my book, Own the Day, there's, I mean, an incredibly high percentage of what you put on your skin, especially if you put it in your armpits or on your, on your nuts or like on like certain parts yeah. of your neck. And, you know, there's certain places where it's actually even higher, but the rates are extraordinarily high, like Absolutely. above 80% in a lot of places, mm-hmm. which is, so we think like, ah, oh, well, if I'm not eating it, you know, it's not like I'm eating it. Well, you're basically eating 80% of it. So if you wouldn't eat it, and this is what I say in my book, like if you wouldn't eat it, if you wouldn't eat the stuff you're putting on your skin, don't fucking use it. True. Uh, right? Like, cause it's going to get in you anyways. So just well, because you don't just, are you just being a little, little sissy? You don't like the taste? Like, you know, like <laughs> might as well fucking eat it. You know, like if you, but if you wouldn't do that, think again. I'm going to take that one from you. Sorry. Yeah. I'll quote you. I'll quote you every <laughs> yeah, time. For you sure. That's really good. Because like, man, the stuff that you put in your body has such a huge influence on, on your, on your makeup and you know, what, I mean, just everything about you. Right. And that like we do, and, and what most people don't understand nowadays, we can actually quantify this. We, there's laboratories. I, I really like, uh, um, I, I, I don't have any business association with this lab, but I just really like their work. Cyrex Laboratories. I mean, they're the first guys to uh, have the, to, to, they pioneered the leaky gut test in the United States, intestinal mm-hmm. permeability. Like these guys are all about understanding, you know, the immune system and and uh, the effects of environment on our immune system. So there's, there's awesome labs that you can actually see, okay, I actually have a little bit of an issue with this chemical, this, et cetera. This, I've had some exposure and it's causing uh, some kind of havoc in, inside of me. And you can bet your butt, if you see that there, you're going to start to see, then when you do lots of times a hormone panel, it's like, oh, why did that happen? The heck, I'm 28 years old. My testosterone is 300. Yeah, buddy. That's the, you know, in my opinion, one of the pandemics we're having is male testosterone levels are dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And, and you know, it's very different from from the levels that you know our grandparents had we've gone mm-hmm. through two agricultural revolutions and gmos in the year 2000 and uh and the pesticides in the 70s so it, you know and it's not getting any better but then going back to the thymus and how to optimize that thymus gland you know then that's when you once you, you take inventory on the things that you perhaps can live a cleaner life and save some money too man because like lots of times you're you'll you'll notice you're you're you, people say oh it's, it's it's so expensive to be healthy i'm like no take out gluten, take out dairy and clean and use some clean products. And you just see the difference you're, you're going to see. Even like well, parents that tell me, oh my God, my kid, I can't get him to sit down. And I don't want to get into this whole topic right now with ADHD, et cetera. You know, I, I have my reservations with that topic. Um, but just remove those excitotoxins from their life. Mm-hmm. Get them to stop playing Call of Duty all the time. Right. Um, and, and, and clean out their diet a little bit. Take out that gluten, take out you know, even if you can't afford to do all those tests, et cetera. But the thing is, we do those tests. We were able to map that, that, that out and then show the person, okay, these things are harming you. Then once that's done and we help the person to modify that lifestyle, the next thing is, okay, um, let's look at what the body's missing and, and, um, 
Peptides is definitely a topic I always land on because I think it's the future of medicine. Peptides. Well, so before we get to peptides, I mean, I think, of course, there's the whole micronutrients thing. We don't need to spend a lot of oh, time yeah, on that. Oh yeah, I skipped that one. We don't need to spend a lot of time on micronutrients. We get it. Like the best thing we can do is have, you know, eat the most diverse foods, but even eating the most diverse foods, a lot of times they're not coming from soil. Even if it's organic, doesn't mean that the soil actually has all of the minerals and nutrients that it, no. that it used to have or that it once had. I mean, you move from a monocropped plot of land and you're like, all right, we're done with the glyphosate, you know, organic, great, but the soil is already fucking destroyed. So we're not getting the same, we're not getting the same type of nutrition that we are from the from the animals that eat the grass. Hopefully you're having grass-fed meat. I mean, that's a big Absolutely, deal, yeah. but we're not getting the same kind of nutrition that we used to get. So taking a look at the at the nutrients is important. And just to give one study that to show people, you know, how effective this is, they did a study on, I think it was paroled uh, kids from a juvenile detention center. And they gave one group uh, just a multivitamin, multi multimineral multivitamin, really cheap. And then they gave the other group nothing, placebo. Mm. And then they measured the recidivism rate. Would those yeah. kids go back to juvenile hall? Right. And it was like 40% decrease in the group that just had a fucking multivitamin. So we think that like people are just bad people again. No. Like they're just, this is a fucking bad kid. Or maybe he's just malnourished and full of toxins and actually could use a lot of love, a good hug, and maybe a stronger, you know, like a stronger influence, parental influence. Okay, got it, all that. But just changing the micronutrients themselves, not the macronutrients. We're not talking yeah. about protein, Protein's fat, carbohydrates. Yeah. We're talking about just the micronutrients with the basic, I'm sure in the study, it wasn't like the fucking designer vitamin of all time. It was more like a fucking Flintstones vitamin, probably. But nonetheless, like it made a significant difference in behavior that would land them back in juvenile hall. So, so the guy, just to significantly back you up. Um, the guy that has, I believe the largest, he's deceased, uh, database in terms of neuropsychiatric disorders and treating all of them with micronutrients alone, alone. Talk about hardcore schizophrenia, bipolar, ADHD, all these things is, uh, William Walsh. He has mm -hmm. a great book called nutrient power. It's called, uh, heal your, a nutrient power. And then the subtitles heal your biochemistry, heal your brain. It's a powerful, powerful book. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit technical. You'll read one page like, whoops, let me go back. And because yep. it talks about uh, methylation and, and uh, different biochemical pathways, but absolutely micronutrients, you know, um, are essential for the functioning of the body, the thymus gland and your, your, your mind. And lots of times you'll see uh, people that, and, and this, this is my, probably could the community that I have the biggest, no, it is for sure. have the biggest passion for is a lot of these homeless people that were like, oh man, get a job. And so it's like, no, 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 no. His brain more than likely is not working right. the way it should. And many times it's either chemically induced or, you know, there's a little a genetic pathway there that's a little off, you know? So yeah, micronutrients. And we also, we don't do the guessing game. As you know, we map out, you know, Hey, how much selenium CoQ10 and, 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 and vitamin E, all that stuff is in your body and then readjust that. And then ultimately 
Uh, this is something, the last step I definitely want to take in terms of diagnostics, not last step in the end, but <laughs> one of the next steps I want to take in terms of diagnostics with you is actually map out your DNA to do a proper designer protocol according to certain mm -hmm. um, um, genetic factors that you might have. So it's lifestyle, environmental, and then the DNA. Because, so for example, I, I won't, one thing when we were talking about hormones, I'm genetically, my DNA, I'm super estrogen dominant. Mm. Now, is there, one of the reservations I have with, of course, the whole kind of DNA mm. model is, is just the ultimate faith in the epigenetic model. In the, in my belief that through actually, you know, as Joe Dispenza, who wrote in his book, you were yeah. the placebo, like through your mind, you can actually trigger different epigenetic, epigenetic switches to change your base DNA. So it's not the, it's not the kind of life sentence that people, the fate that people thought it once was, oh, it's in your genes. No. no, we have the ability to adjust our genes all the time. Absolutely. But however, there are some certain baseline aspects of gene expressions that just change things. Even with the layer of epigenetics, which I put the most faith in, what you're saying is basically, it's still worth looking at the DNA, even though the epigenetic layer can actually alter a lot of that as well. I'll... I don't want to ruffle the feathers of some of my friends that are CEOs of some of these companies, but I'll, I'll, um, and it's something I, 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 I use personally, even for myself and so forth. Um, I, I want to understand certain pathways in my body that need to be strengthened mm -hmm. from a nutritional standpoint, et cetera. You know, just so for example, the fact that I'm estrogen dominant, um, is something that I, I need to know, you know, and yeah, the epigenome can help me with that, et cetera. But also Okay, knowing that, I give it. I say in my totality, in the totality of my health program, I give it about a ten percent strength in the whole thing. You mm -hmm. know, uh, just again because of my faith in the epigenome. And one thing, for example, you know, like uh, you hear all the time, oh, person got cancer. Well, bad luck. No, 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 no. One in ten cancers is actually like genetic, genetic, genetic. Like when you have like a, a, a familial adenomatosis, polyposis, an HNPCC gene, like, okay, all right, that's, you know, big deal. Uh, but a lot of these cancers are responsive, uh, the genes are responsive to um, environmental, and what I mean, turning them on and turning them off, the expression of the gene. I personally I have a bad gene for my heart. It's called MYBPC3. I was born with it. It's there. Doesn't mean I'm going to wake it up right? I'm going to mm -hmm. live a lifestyle not to wake up that gene, mm -hmm. you know? And it, it is a little dicey, you know, some people say, oh, I don't know if I want to know all this, et cetera. But then if you have faith in the epigenome, right? then it's like, okay, I know I can get to work on this and use it as a motivator. And that's where the mindset part comes in. Use it as a motivator to adjust, um, I mean, effectively the rest of your life. One of the things that I've, you know, I've kind of struggled with understanding what I actually believe about it is there's some people who have there's a certain breast cancer gene right and uh and i don't i don't exactly know what it is but i know that there's certain people with that gene who decide to actually remove their breast tissue in advance of actually anything bad happening you know so in that instance it seems to me like man, I'm not sure that that's the right choice i guess because of my belief in the epigenome and like yeah, you may have that and it may it may have like a proclivity to express in a certain way, but 
you have far more agency over that than you realize. So I don't know. I'm not going to quote here off the top of my head. And everything I'm saying is backed by a ton of studies and so forth. And I can, everything I've said in this podcast is coming off of. Yeah, we'll do our best to put a lot of it in the oh, show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll, for sure. Uh, I insist on doing that because it, it, that's how it should be when you're discussing medicine, right? But um, I there's there's studies showing how, um, f- for example, uh, the the BRCA BRCA one BRCA two genes. I believe those are the genes you're you're, you're speaking of. Um, they are ex- they're extremely sensitive to um, uh, diendylmethane, which is found in cruciferous mm-hmm. vegetables, right? Um, and that's where sprouting and so forth. These people that have that issue, that have the BRCA gene, and it, it's powerful. The if I'm if if I'm not mistaken, it's around around eighty percent reduction in the expression of that gene. It's it's r- ridiculous. It's like wait a minute, something as simple as dim, right? The endometrium mm-hmm. thing, which is found in uh, in broccoli. Yes, there's a lot of studies in regards to this, and I can pull these studies up. I'm not going to quote. I don't, don't want to say anything wrong here, but I'll I'll. Uh, I'll throw them up. Um, I'll throw it at you guys, so you guys can mm-hmm. connect it to the podcast. Here. So you're saying that in you know and that's the that's manipulating the epigenome again, right? So so that's one of the defenses. If you do if you do have one of these gene expressions, you know, having high levels of diendylmethane will ha- actually help you. Mm-hmm. You know help prevent you from expressing absolutely that you should be on a protocol like that. Like when when uh, the 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 cardiologist that. I worked with and saw that I had this MYBPC3 gene thing. He's like, oh, you know, oh, there you go. And um, you're going to have this and this and this one and put me on medication. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I, you know, obviously the conversation didn't go too far um, with him. Um, I know other cardiologists are very open-minded to this, but um, I said, no, I'm not going to wake up this gene. I'm going to, you know, number one, intention and thought. Yep. And, you know, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm going to keep this gene dormant and I'm going to do my part to live a life to keep, to, to not have this, um, you know, to develop, in this case, I would, it develops cardiomyopathy, basically, right. big heart. Um, and uh, as you know, I train like a dog. <laughs> I feel yep. great. Yep. You know, uh, my New Year's resolution was actually training with uh, Cyborg's pro, tra- uh, pro team in jujitsu. So, <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I mean, you got a you got a bandaid over your nipple there. It looks like somebody ripped it off. Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> you actually caught that. There you go. <laughs> I got a cut there. Actually, it wouldn't stop bleeding. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I mean, this is. I actually think that also, you know, just to speak on that for a minute as well, I, you know, I have an organization called Fit for Service where we bring people through, you know, of all genders through transformation. And we have, a, there's another organization that I deeply respect that I'm friends with called Sacred Sons. Hmm. And they do the same thing, but just for men. And in their men's programs, I haven't attended, but my friend Charles Eisenstein's attended and a lot of other brothers that I know have attended this. And one of the things they get these men to do is they actually is sacred combat. So they box or they wrestle or whatever. And a lot of people, you know, like Charles, Charles, Charles Eisenstein wrote an article, an essay called, I like to fight. And he tells the story about how he went there and he, you know, he's never really fought in his life, you know? And and he gets there and they ask him if he's if he's interested and they find a well-suited person. He's like, yeah. And then and they're like, all right, well, why do you want to fight? And he's like, well, I was I was attacked during the whole COVID era and I didn't I didn't wasn't able to fight back. 
you know, so I don't, I want to know that there's really fight in me and that I wasn't doing that. I was actually doing that for the right reasons. And it wasn't just because I was scared and I want to know that I can fight. And then he gets in this actual physical confrontation in the sacred, in the sacred combat. And it woke something up and gave him a little trust about who he was as a man. And I don't think it's just important for men. I think, I mean, we have cats that you've probably heard, you know, (laughs) meowing on this podcast, their brother and sister. And we, when they play, they play full out. They go at each other and they give each other hell. And then they stop and then they'll cuddle and then they'll lick each other. And it's just kind of like part of, I think, what our birthright is, is to actually see what we're made of when we put our physicality against another person. Absolutely. And and if you don't do that, I don't think you actually understand your blueprint as an animal. Can and I, t- I think it's really important. I I um I was telling um my wife the other day, she didn't like this idea too much at first, but I, you know, I was telling her, I'm going to tell our son that maybe it's a good idea for him to engage in combat at least once a week, you know, as, as an an adulting male, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something I try to do, you know, I spar or whatever, um, you know, um, more than once a week, but it just, that, I believe that's also part of me releasing whatever's in there, you know, just, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, not only those periods of mindfulness, et cetera, but this period, like the period where I go back into just like pure, like, human pure raw yeah the animal side inside of me right you know sex and fight and all that that's that that's the animal inside of us right and i believe i need to be in tune with that too and that goes back to i mean the whole kind of fulcrum of what we were talking about on the podcast is if you're chemically not right you're not going to express that human that animal that animal dies off bro and you feel that right right you feel, you feel that dying off. You feel that. Um, and then there's, without certain chemicals inside your body, and one that I'd love to touch base on because I know the world has a big taboo on it, and I'm, I, I honestly believe this chemical is having its re- renaissance, or this molecule, uh, growth hormone. Growth hormone is another one that I think is, is something essential in your body. You know, they say it causes cancer. So it's like, wait, hold on. You have two huge chemical interventions in your life. Puberty. And you and I will have andropause, women have menopause, right? So when do you have most cancer? During puberty or during menopause, andropause? Right after menopause, mm-hmm. andropause. When do you have the high surges of growth hormone? Right there uh, during during puberty. I'll, I'll add another uh, research article uh, that they did on 11,000 and change, 11,000 meta-analysis on... Uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and what you're, just to summarize for the listeners who, who may not know, what he's talking about is the common, the common kind of risk that people associate with growth hormone is that it could grow a tumor. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's something that, you know, in talking to you, you really believe quite the opposite and that's the that's what you're trying to say is like when the growth hormone is the highest the body has the least amount of tumors cancer and 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 really i think (laughs) i think a lot of the medical model misunderstands how important energy is like if we have energy it's why it's why a ketogenic diet or ketones are so valuable because your body all of a sudden has energy and then you read a book like Travis Christofferson's Tripping Over the Truth Otto von Warburg's you know metabolic theory of cancer and understanding how actually if you can wake up the mitochondria you know through restricted ketogenic dieting and through hyperbaric oxygen and different aspects like that 
you're actually going to be able to not only, and there's not only help, you know, restore and rehabilitate your body instead of trying to fight the cancer. It's like give your body enough energy to restore its health. And it's this whole shift in mindset, but it's like energy is absolutely important. The ability to repair itself. So stem mm -hmm. cells and growth hormone yes. and all of that, like energy and repair, repair hormones and all of that is so much more valuable than people think, you know, just to just, I feel the truth of that. Mm -hmm. And there, and more and more studies are coming out. There's even recent studies that are pointing to restricted ketogenic diets. So putting the body in ketosis, actually helping to heal schizophrenia. My friend, Eric Godsey yeah. is like wildly obsessed with these and this new research that's come out. So it's not only physical conditions, but it's actually mental health conditions that and, and ketogenesis is just one way to give your body energy back to start to rehabilitate your mitochondria, which of course, there's lots of other ways to do that. There's peptides, there's a bunch of things, right, but yeah. giving yourself the energy and the repair cascade and all of the raw ingredients to be a fucking thriving human, like that's going to be so effective for your health. Like I, I used to really be scared of, you know, my uncle had lymphoma. And it was my biggest fucking fear. You know, and I'd feel my glands all the time and I would worry. I watched him, you know, die. I, my uncle was my hero. He had he taught me how to serve in tennis. He was one of my heroes. And he taught for the first person to teach me how to shoot a gun. And he was wow. fucking awesome. My mom's brother, Craig Harder. You know, like so much love to Craig. And uh and I and I watched him die of lymphoma and it made this deep, deep impact. And he was my uncle. And so I was afraid for a long time and a lot of my ayahuasca journeys would bring it up. Wow. But that fear is just really gone away now that I've started to really trust my body. It used to feel like it was a random thing that could just happen. Craig was, he was always playing tennis. He was so good, but, you know, and it's always difficult to ascribe causality to it. But what I do know is that the full energetic system thriving and expressing in every way when the when all of the energy centers are pulsing and alive like i fundamentally just do not believe that that is a part of the possibility of my timeline anymore absolutely you know and it's and it's really so much more about energy and so much more about and i mean that from a like mitochondria standpoint and also from a metaphysical standpoint energy which actually are very related. I think we try yeah, to like, absolutely. we try to like, you know, one of my, one of my teachers is shaman maestro Hamilton Souther. And he, one of this classic famous lines when he's talking about doing work with plant medicines is energy levels matter. Like you could think you're going into a ceremony. It's so tough and you're being attacked by all of these cosmic negative forces and maybe you're just tired. <laughs> yeah. And then you like go into the same thing and you're like, it was amazing. And I was dancing on the lap of God and Shiva was there and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, your energy was, your energy was different. Like energy levels in integration and in, in ceremony really matter. And I think it, it matters in health so much. And, and that's, again, just, just buttressing and supporting this idea of holistic energetic health. Absolutely. And then you just mentioned a word um, that I love, mitochondria too, which is another system. You know, we spoke about the thymus gland, a little bit about adrenals, but the, the mitochondria, um, it's so important. It's a little battery of the cell and 10% of your body weight is mitochondria and 25% of the weight of your heart is mitochondria. 
Wow. Think about that for a second. It's like so powerful, so deep. That little organelle, right? As we say, that little organelle is so important for your health and they're dying off as we're aging as well. You know, and, and you mentioned lymphoma, the cancer, whatever. Those, those, those are mitochondrial diseases. They start by attacking the mitochondria, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's also work that we're doing, you know, with, with, with our clients and so forth to uh, reestablish those mitochondrial pathways and thus help with longevity, right? Because like our our main thing or one of my main goals uh, or actually the main goal at Biohacks is what I say to get our clients to celebrate a negative birthday. And what is a negative birthday? It's, be, it's to be able to show the person, hey, effectively we've like that trim trial uh, oh, by the way, do you know the drugs they used on trim trial to get mm -hmm. that, to, to get it, uh, the age to re rewind? Recombinant growth hormone, DHEA, and metformin. I'm not a fan of metformin. You can use other things, but um, yeah, the growth hormone was, that's wow. the, that was interesting. One of yeah. So um, the idea is to get the person to celebrate this negative birthday, which is to show them, hey, look, you've been doing this program for six months, a year, et cetera. And look, you're actually, your, epigen your epigenome is slowing down. Like last year, I was aging at a rate of 85% of the year instead of aging like 100% of the year, mm -hmm. so aging 85% of the year. This year, I really took some strong initiatives, et cetera. I'm at 75%. Mm -hmm. The record in the country right now is at 60%. I'm in the top 10 percentile, but I want to slow it down even more. But now is where you got really got to start getting really meticulous. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Christian Angermeyer about... Um, about this kind of concept. And really, he believes that it's possible that instead of getting to 60%, we actually, if, as the moment we get to negative 1%, we're functionally immortal. Exactly. You know, so like exactly. if you can actually live a year, but actually regress by a year and a day, then at that point, yeah. you're, you're actually like functionally immortal, which is a fucking crazy thought. But what you're saying is we're already, you know, some people, outliers are already down to 60%. So what you're talking about, I think is called the human escape velocity. So basically us being the last generation to die or the first one to live forever. And that's, that's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what. Uh, it's such, I mean, it's so science fiction, right? Uh... And, and, but it's, but it's like, it's lots of things that are real science fiction are starting to become a little bit closer to reality. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, and that, that, uh, I believe I'm saying it right. Human escape philosophy, um, is a concept that, you know, I've always been like, nah. And now I'm like, okay. <laughs> Starting to see these things like, uh, really manifest itself. And I think it's gonna, you know, it seems like, I think everybody's always looking for the magic bullet. Ah, we discovered no. the one thing and, no, and really talking to, you know, Christian Engermeyer, what he the way he's looking at it and he's a, of course biotech right. investor like the way he's looking at it is it's like no 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 it's going to be the aggregate of a million little things Absolutely. instead of like death by a thousand paper cuts it's going to be life by a <laughs> you know by a thousand paper blessings you yeah. know or whatever you know it's like lots of little things lifestyle changes spirit emotional changes energetic changes physical changes peptide changes hormone changes different and then some really awesome new shit that we haven't discovered. Obviously, if we discovered it, we'd be there already, but it's a combination of a lot of different things. Can I add to that? So look, all, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna like, let me see if I could do this in 60 seconds. The essence of what I believe in all my years of studying, you know, by 
biology, medicine, all that stuff. There's four pillars of all disease, four pillars, disease and aging, right? Uh, there's 10,000 monogenic diseases documented right now, meaning a disease connected to one gene. I mean, there's more than that, but that's a lot of disease. But the pillar of all these diseases is inflammation, mm. oxidation, free radicals all, the, all over the place, glycation, and methylation. The process of turning on and turning off certain genes. Again, getting back into that epigenome conversation. Now to control that, this is what I do for my life and I help manage uh, the life of many of our clients, et cetera, at, at our company. But uh, there they go, See, playing all that's, full out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're living the life of a cat. I have, I have conversations with, with Vailana. I'm like, listen, like our cats need an initiation. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're missing out on the best evolution of their cat's soul if they don't have the ability to fight some strangers. You know, they we've already taken away their ability to mate with strangers. <laughs> so, so, you know, we got to give them something. So they got to be able to fight and hunt. And, and uh, she's not so keen on the, the fighting and hunting program for our, for our young young cat children but nonetheless it's like it's it's the same kind of philosophy i have with them it's like yeah fucking be a cat like that's important yeah you exactly. gotta do that you know and that's why animals in the zoo are so sick they're so like you see a fucking tiger or maybe our at the kids, mgm maybe our kids exactly in our system exactly we're like kids. animals in a zoo like where we're not you know where People, they start doing crazy things, grinding their teeth or grinding their horns and like showing all of these signs of what we would call neuroses or mental mental health disorders. The orcas at SeaWorld, it's like they're showing all of the signs of mental health disorders. We just can't talk to them about it. Right. But they're showing all of the signs. And of course, our society is showing all of these signs of mental health disorders. And that's why it is so important to train jujitsu or go to a event like Sacred Sons. And I think, you know, we might do an event with them as well. Find some way to start being more like the cats, like find somebody to wrestle with and tangle with. And of course, sexuality can be an aspect of that, but all time, all too often it's too transactional and too like too much about the, the moves that you're making and, and what you're doing. And are you, are you, you know, generating a climax and we get to the whole, it's not just like monkeys in there back to, you know, back in the garden, making right. love again. You know, it's like finding out like, what is, what is the animal really want? Like what would make it thrive? And I, I you know, I think us being able to connect with um, the universe, our, our maker, the earth itself, you know, and now that's why you see certain, certain, um, philosophies like grounding something as simple as like, you know, yeah, walking barefoot in the dirt. And it's like, no man, that's, that, that's, you know, that's basic stuff. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like, uh, or even like mud therapies and so forth. I'm like, you need that, you know, um, you need that to be able to, to again, get into in touch with that animal inside of you, mm -hmm. which ultimately promotes health and, yep. and, and, that was epic timing, by the way. <laughs> you said that animal inside you and a Cyrano just bolted <laughs> yeah. across there the world. We rehearsed that. Yeah. You didn't know that. <laughs> Good job, Cyrano. I'll give you a cat biscuit later. But but ultimately, it's like, uh, you know, the gentleman you were just quoting a few moments ago about us living forever. Yep. It's a culmination of things. And I think it's it's a little bit of what I believe um, like what we do is, is taking, is going back to the grand design to how you were designed to operate, but using now technologies that we have today to get us there. 
yeah. right? A lot of these biotech uh, uh, innovations, I really believe, can can get us there. And and I I don't I don't know that we're we're going to be playing God by controlling the the aging process. And to tell you the truth, I don't know if we will get there, but I do see with some of my colleagues, it's had a huge initiatives. You know, I got in this because you know I, I want to live longer and perform at the highest level possible right. on a day to day basis, you know, and I, okay, what do I need to do to my body to get my body there? You know, and that's what I was telling you before, you know, the philosophy is to remove toxicity, replenish what's missing, re-inoculate the gut flora, recover, which we don't recover. Yeah. 30% of the United States suffers with insomnia and then ultimately to re-exist. That's like my- Yeah, philosophy. and, and, and uh, necessary for that is dropping inflammation down to the floor. You know, inflammation is such a, I think that's why people like the Petersons, Jordan and Michaela, um, they went on the carnivore, a carnivore diet. Michaela's even more strict on the lion diet. And it's a super low inflammation diet. And right. so many of the challenges they were facing and energetically, psychically, everything, you know, and they tell this story. I'm not going to retell their whole story, but what what is it? Is it like the, the meat has some magical thing? No, it's, well, well it does, but <laughs> it's, it's the, the way that that diet interacts with the gut and prevents inflammation, those pro-inflammatory cytokines from a leaky gut, you know, from a lot of the different foods that we eat that are not the right foods to eat. It's just really a super low inflammation, inflammation program. And that changes the whole mentality. I mean, inflammation and depression are virtually indistinguishable when you start to measure those, those two things, you know, there's like the, they have very similar effects when you're by, when you're inflamed, you're also like tired and, and having depressive thoughts. And there's lots of correlative studies showing the, the correlation between inflammation and depression. No, um, it's without a doubt, there's every, it, it's all connected. And, and when you go into, like I said, those four pillars of aging and disease, submethylation, oxidation, glycation, inflammation, it's like, wait, you didn't say anything on the, that I would connect to the, on the psychiatric side. No, no, no. Those, those are all playing a role and inflammation's right. huge, right? Um, and then ultimately for the person to be the ex best expression of themselves, right? Um, I, I think those, those pillars have to be controlled, mm -hmm. you know, and through multiple interventions, through multiple, uh, you know, hormone balance, mi mindfulness, et cetera. And then ultimately that's when for fertility, you start to see the body be able to to receive receive and hold a child, which that's another big mm. problem nowadays. So people can get pregnant, but they can't. A lot mm. of times, women can't hold the child, um, or you start to see the person, hey, beat those longevity uh, parameters and have a better lifespan and health span, mm -hmm. right? When all those parameters are under control, you know. Yeah. Um, what are so? Let's talk about. I mean one of the things we, we made it to micronutrients, you're about to go into peptides. So I want to go back and open that back up because this is something that's, there's seemingly a new peptide that comes out fucking every week, right? <laughs> like, so first of all, what is a peptide? And then talk about some of your, you know, some of your favorites. I, <laughs> I've had people come up to me. It's like, oh, you're the peptide guy. I'm like, no. I'm like, because I love peptides. So I'm like, I'm like e not the peptide guy, but sure, you can call me that. Uh, you're the peptide guy. Yeah, I'm like, uh, That's the name of the podcast. Yeah, I know. One hour with the peptide guy. Hey, that might work. <laughs> but no, I um, definitely think peptides are the future. So what is a peptide? It's basically a baby protein. 
Is that a big protein? You got a baby protein. So what's the difference between a big protein and baby protein? I'm putting it in layman's terms, right? So anything less than 40 amino acids long. So you have your amino acids, like valine, leucine, glycine, all these little amino acids. Anything 40, less than 40 is a peptide. Small little protein. Um, yeah, small little protein. So that's what a peptide is by definition. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're endogenous. They live inside of you. So you have wonderful peptides like uh, DSIP, Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide. So basically the, the amino acids, the protein, you know, converts into amino acids, big amino acids. Mm-hmm. And then also converts into very specific smaller amino acid chains called peptides. Exactly. And those smaller chains in their particular combination have a particular function, just like the big amino acids do. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have a they have their own particular like function. collagen, for example. Yeah, exactly. Huge. Growth hormone, 191 right. amino acids, huge. It's right. It's not a peptide. Right. So so the the big amino acids have their function, but then these peptides have been discovered as these smaller little combinations, these little keys that do more specific tasks mm-hmm. than maybe the big ones like carnitine for muscles or glutamine for, you know, whatever. Glutamine does a bunch of shit and for your gut and for, for everything. But the big, you know, the big amino acids and then these smaller peptides. And then I guess people, at some point, people just discovered like, hey, there's these little smaller amino acids that are endogenous our body produces them anyways we have some with us so our body knows what it is and knows how to use it we're just giving more of it so it's almost like a new micronutrient category in a way right right yeah so they would be a little bit bigger than the micronutrients but yeah you're right there you know it's like kind of the macros to the mi- micros I, that that i think would be a great it's like a, it's like an adjacent category mm-hmm. but you can l- almost look at it that way mm-hmm. but they're just even more targeted perhaps because a lot of micronutrients have so many different functions but these Peptides seem like they're very super targeted, specific, very targeted, like arrows. Yep, exactly. They they know where they fit and they know where they're going. You know, so so basically, this is also you know before we couldn't see these little molecules, right? They're so tiny. Um, like I just mentioned, DSIP. I think it's seven amino acids long. It's tiny. Like I said, growth hormone, big. Oh, and let's talk about the first peptide um, discovered. Um, thinking here if it was the first discovered or the first one to put in use but one of the first ones to be out there let's say insulin everybody's like oh i know that oh wow yeah back in 1930s 1940s so insulin was one it's it's a peptide that was one of the first ones kind of revolutionized the world huh (laughs) (laughs) so so that's that's one of the first to give you guys a, a good example of one of the first peptides but then um um as time has moved on, we've been able to find other peptides. Like let's quote a really popular one. Um, Joe Rogan went on a podcast and said, it talked about BPC-157 and gained a lot of popularity, which is a gut peptide. It's 15 amino acids long. So you see the numbers are pretty small. They never go over though that 40 mark. So, and that BPC-157, for example, it lives in the gut. It's it, in, in, it helps to actually close uh, the, those, those, uh, the leaky gut, let's say the mm-hmm. intestinal permeability. Um, so when you have breaks in the, the cytoskeletal, not the cytoskeletal, the scaffolding proteins, but so, all right. So let's just give people one quick kind of protocol idea, which is basically glutamine is great also for your gut walls and your gut lining, mm-hmm. possibly because glutamine actually converts to BPC 157. Mm. It doesn't. No. Okay, that would be cool if it did. (laughs) But anyways, glutamine, good for the gut. So that's a big amino acid, over 40. 
And then there's then there's BBC 157, which is a more targeted, you know, a more targeted function. And that's important because if you actually have, if you improve your intestinal permeability so that those bigger particles are not escaping into the blood, causing that inflammatory response to pro-inflammatory cytokines that make you tired, make you fatigued, make you irritable, depressed, depressed all of that. If you can shore up your gut with just that strategy. And of course, the food you eat is very fucking important. And again, extreme, you know, more extreme diets like like the Peterson's diets, mm -hmm. the, the carnivore and the lion and, you know, keto diet, different low inflammation. It's That's hard many, to get leaky gut like many, that. many different, many different diet interventions that are also very important, fasting, et cetera. But these are two things that like a big amino acid and a small amino acid, all right, you can start to do some real, real work. And I've I've noticed a significant, significant improvement in using, you know, glutamine, a glutamine supplement and the BPC-157 mm -hmm. that I've, uh, that I've gotten from Biohacks as well. And it's like, oh, all right, you know, my gut is feeling like less, less gas, less inflammation when I eat. I don't like, I used to always get so fucking tired after I eat. And it's like, how much tobacco and coffee can I have after a <laughs> meal? So I don't completely crash. And now I'm eating, yes, I'm making better diet choices, but also it just feels like all right, my stomach's like operating in the right way and I'm not producing this postprandial inflammatory response. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned coffee. I, I gave up coffee five, six months ago. I think I drank enough coffee for like three lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was really scared because I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen after I eat and so forth. And then I tweaked my protocol and bro, cruising, like cruising for real, like feel great. But I couldn't do it if we weren't doing things like, you know, both you and I are doing these interventions to, all right, optimize my body, get, 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 you know, Marcos out of there. You know, everybody calls me Dr. D, my real name's Marcos, right? So I call mm. myself by my real name. <laughs> but if I couldn't get like me out of there, you know, to my true energy, right? So, but um, going back on, on giving people a protocol, the first thing I would say is, man, you know, if, if, if you can't perhaps maybe do tests to understand, you know, like I have a huge issue with gluten, right? Uh, there were some things you, you, your stomach didn't mm -hmm. like either. Right. So you, number one is avoiding those things, but then there's awesome peptides like BPC-157, um, um, KPV, lorazotide, the really, really good peptides for, for the gut that, and they're endogenous. Oh, KPV is tiny, three amino acids. That was a baby mm. little, little, little peptide, right? Mm. Uh, which also helps a lot with, for example, psoriasis. The heck, what does that have to do? Well, the skin and the gut go together, mm. right? Lots of times, and this is what I think is crazy in dermatology. Like, I think it's absolutely nuts. Medicine's so compartmentalized, right? You're almost you're so specialized. You're the specialist of the specialist that you don't know almost nothing of the whole picture, right? But the gut and the skin are intimately related, mm. you know? Um, so when, when looking at, at, at um, you know, like a good peptide protocol for the gut, you know, I always tell people, watch what you're putting in, you know, what don't irritate the body more so. Um, and then, and then um, there's like glutamine's great uh, amino acid for, um, for the gut, but also then maybe consider, you know, some peptides, et cetera. Peptides mm. are wonderful. And, you know, just be careful with the quality of peptides because one thing I will um, kind of alert our listeners to your body knows, Hey, for example, growth hormone, amino acid, this one, amino acid, this and this and valine and leucine and lysine and all that, right. But Hey, you don't belong here. This is the wrong one. There's a yeah. molecule that switch. He knows that's not the right thing. So all of a sudden 
stop the whole thing and bring in the immune system, bring in the natural killer cells, bring right. in. So you don't want to put peptides or molecules that are inside awful. your body that are not exactly bioidentical. Then that's how you 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 start cancers and autoimmune disease, et cetera. When your body starts attacking things um, to get these things out of the body, I have a. Um, uh, very so don't, strong. So don't go to your back alley peptide dealer. No. Basically what you're saying. No. If, if, if someone's slinging mm, peptides yeah, out of like, their garage, <laughs> like that's probably not the move. No. And, 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 and the thing is you, you want to understand exactly what you're putting in your body because I have a very strong philosophy that I, in medical school, they teach us something called um, immune tolerance. Immune tolerance, the name says it. Your immune system can tolerate enough of of this insult. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> I no. Um, there is to a certain extent, but the immune system should not be dealing with things it doesn't know what it is. We've spoken a lot about uh, almost like Neanderthals going back into the animal behavior in ancient mm. times, right? What they were picking off the trees, et cetera, like our bodies know what these what these things are, know what you know broccoli's made out of. I mean, we were just talking about how the BRCA gene is sensitive to diendylmethane in cruciferous vegetables, right? So there's things that were the resources are put around in our environment. Now, when the body doesn't recognize those things, I personally believe that's when you wake up the immune system and then you can start autoimmune disease and aber and, and health aberrations like cancer. So it's very important when using peptides and things like that to use proper peptides that are properly made, not, you know, made haphazardly. Um, and it's very different than making, for example, um, any steroidal type chemicals or whatever, you know, like uh, all the way from a vitamin D, which is a steroid molecule, uh, to progesterone, to uh, those are actually simpler to make um, underground than it is actually. But peptide proteins are hard to make, very, very hard to make. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and that's the unfortunate part about peptides is that they do they do come with a cost. They're not covered by insurance. And, no, and you no. have to be you know you have to be willing to go out of pocket to have these you know to have these advantages. And you know, consider yourself very blessed if you can afford if you can it. actually afford it. And uh, and hopefully with economy of scale and technology getting better, hopefully the manufacturing of these peptides will actually become cheaper and cheaper. And hopefully the, the FDA giving us the thumbs, thumbs up someday for it. Yeah, I mean, and then that's that's a whole process <laughs> in and of itself, of course, because then you have to show that it's treating a disease. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting emergent field. But if you had to say like, all right, what are some of, so we talked about BBC 157, you mentioned Delta Sleep uh, induction pro uh, DSIP, Delta Sleep Inducing Peptide. Yeah. Um, which and, raises which, testosterone which, too. Which changes your sleep architecture, helps you get into deeper sleep. And the deeper sleep is where you actually produce testosterone, mm -hmm. assuming that your factory is open for business. Because <laughs> I can be getting the deepest sleep in the world, you know, <laughs> cir circa 2021. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I'm not producing any testosterone. But so that's an interesting one. And, and then, you know, there's some other ones that we've tried. You know, one of the ones that I actually thought worked really well was MOTS-C, M-O-T-S, dash C, but it, it fucking works really good. It's great for energy, but I get like a little bruise everywhere I put it, you know, like a little knot. It's like the hardest one to inject. So I sent you a little video on, you know, perhaps an, another mode of, of administration. I think that'll work out for you. But if we do that, you know, by changing. Is it in the butt? 
No, go on your thigh. <laughs> it's not a suppository. All right. No. All right. But, but, but um, yeah, the MOTC, which stands for mitochondrial C-peptide, it does a f- amazing things. Now, one thing it does, it upregulates GLUT4, which is the receptor for sugar in the muscle. Mm. So if somebody's uh, like insulin resistant, it helps them to become more insulin sensitive. Oh, so wait, you're saying it helps in mechanisms against di- diabetes? Yeah, it does. Wonderful. Um, increases your, because it increases, it, it, what it does is increases mitochondrial biogenesis. So it makes you have more mitochondria. Like mm. I told you, 10% of our body weight is mitochondria and it's declining as we're aging. It increases the ability for your body to produce more. I, I want to be thick in mitochondria. And let's go. It's mitochondria thick. I want to get 13%. Come on, <laughs> baby. Flex my mitochondria. <laughs> uh, no, mitochondria is the jam, bro. Like they do everything. Like I think that's my coolest organ now. Actually, <laughs> oh, you love picking favorites. <laughs> I just picked a favorite organelle, right? So inside yeah. the cell, my favorite organ. Got my favorite organ and my favorite organelle, right? Sorry, cytoplasmic reticulum <laughs> and Golgi, Golgi apparatus. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, sorry. Tough luck. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then the Japanese, the longest lived uh, population in the, the world, uh, the Okinawans, the zone, yeah. there's a, a, a phenotypic and genotypic uh, link between the 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 idea of them having more um, mitochondrial biogenesis and living longer. So when you take the peptide, basically that's when you're messing with the epigenome, epigenome, sorry. You're, you're telling that sequence in your DNA, okay, the MOTC is telling that sequence in the DNA, hey, go make more, more freaking mitochondria. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. So that's where you're, oh, no. So, so you can, you can, take a DNA test with any of these companies, right? And some of these, and I know the CEOs, a lot of these companies or a few of these companies. Um, and, uh, and like I said, I, I vouch for them. I use them myself, but just because it says that, um, I, I don't, I'm not remembering now the name of certain, the, the mitochondrial biogenesis, uh, gene, there's a few genes for that, but just because you're, you're lacking in it or you're, you don't have a proper expression of that gene doesn't mean you could take the MOTC or you could take the SS31, which is another really freaking awesome peptide, and thus increase the the ability for you to produce those mitochondria. Or say you don't you're 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 low on the FOXO3 gene. I remember that one, which is the one to remove the zombie or senescent cells from your body. Mm-hmm. You could take the peptide, the FOXO4 DR5, I believe it's called, um, to allow your body to remove those senescent cells, especially if you're a big stem cell guy, you do stem cell treatments, et cetera. And then later you want to remove uh, some of these senescent cells or these dead cells, zombie cells. You could use the peptide if your body doesn't have the natural ability to remove those. So that's the cool part, just because you have that DNA blueprint. Okay. But then I can, I with the peptide, I can really turn on and you know, and modulate yeah, that start, signal. Start that's super tweet. cool, bro. I, when I was in uh, when I was in your office here in Miami, um, you guys had a chart and we didn't go over it or anything, but it was a chart. It must've been 30, 30 different peptides that were on like a, oh, a large, more. like whiteboard. Yeah. It's it a, it a mm-hmm. bunch. And it was just like all of the different things. And, and so what's interesting, I think the invitation, we could go through probably a, a lot of other ones, but just understand that there's this emergent field of medicine called peptides. And that actually, when you go in, you're going to find something for, for most for things. You know, for most things that you want, whether it's energy or it's weight management or whether it's immune system or gut health or, you know, cognitive, like whatever it is, cognitive, you're going to, whatever it is, there's something that you could dial in. Of course, again, you know, 
obviously it's a, it's a hugely privileged position to be able to afford these peptides. But if you do have that luxury and you want to prioritize that health, so of course, ideally, you know, you can be fit for service so that you can be the best version of yourself to then offer your gift to the world. And that's, I think, the obligation that those of us who have the ability to go acquire peptides like these is to really like, all right, build yourself up so then you could be of greatest service to the, you know, to the good of all. Absolutely, man. And, and, and again, to bring your body into, um, the resonance it needs to be in, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm actually wearing a patch on my chest right now. Um, it has some silver particles here and I'm altering the resonance of my body. I'm, I'm testing this out. This is, uh, some, um, some, um, Italian physicians that came up with this 15 years ago. I had a call with them this morning. This is not out in the market. It's I mean, I would have figured Italian physicians, it'd be gold. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. They like gold. They like gold. <laughs> that's an, yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> but it, it's altering the, uh, my electromagnetic field and thus changing the, the, the voltage gated, um, exchange in my cells, et cetera. To, I'm, I'm testing this thing out. You put it on for 48 hours and then supposedly my body's going to put the, my HRV lowers. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to give you one. Yeah, <laughs> you cool. like the HRV talk. So all that, once you incorporate peptides and so forth, et cetera, you know, to ultimately get the body to, to, to be at a peak state for mm -hmm. your mind to be in a peak state, right? Because we, when you're on, you want to be on. And when you're off, you want to be off. You know, the problem is our Western civilization, I mean, kind of the whole world now, for the most part, we take medication to try to stay on. And we try to take medication to try to stay off. And it's like, we live in this limbo land. No, man, I want to wake up and be like, ah, let's go. Yeah. And I want to be able to like, no, I'm done. My yeah. body, I feel my body naturally shutting off, et cetera. So when you're, when you're able to use, modulate your, um, your, the resources that your body's lacking, and then when you take it to the next level and use properly peptides to manipulate the epigenome, that's ultimately where I see like, hey, you're starting to have a better human experience, right? And then I'm always looking for the next tweak, man. You know, I just, they sent me these, the University yeah, of Rome of course. sent me these things. Put I'm yourself like, in the lab, N of one. Oh, absolutely. Yes. See, yeah. if, see if it works. You know, I, I think, <clears throat> to me, I, I think there's um, a lot of, I know that I've, I've asked myself, I've asked of myself to do extraordinary things. Yeah. And I've been successful and, and I, and I spend actually a lot of time like thanking my body for actually allowing me to do everything that I've done. I, this is my dream life. It, it really is like, Amen. and, and if I could really summarize probably the thing that I want to focus on the most, is just fucking gratitude, man. Like gratitude for everything that's brought me to where I am and all of the stress that I took on and everything that I did and that my body stood by me, you know, and, and was there with me and got me through all of it. And I had, you know, some good interventions and some, well, you know, break glass in case of emergency interventions that are still hanging on. A lot of that having to do with my sleep, you know, because I was revved up at such a high RPM from producing podcasts and book and running a company and, handling all of the, you know, different things that I was doing. I was always at such an RPM level that I started to use interventions like benzodiazepines to help me go to sleep and different other things. And that's also part of what we're working on is, all right, let me get my full holistic health ready so that I can wake up feeling energetic, 
which is already working like really like a lot better. I'm feeling great. Also, of course, you know, giving, giving respect to the ketamine cannabis, you know, therapy that I'm doing, which is, I call it therapy. It's, it's, it is a very sacred journey to me as well, but it's both. It's not, you know, it's, it's both therapy and sacred at the same time, allowing me to have that deep rest and putting myself, you know, giving myself the best opportunity of the micronutrients, the macronutrients, the peptides. So, so the on is going pretty well. And then it's the off that I still need a little help with. And you've been, you guys have been great at just showing me some different options that could really, you know, really support that. And I'm confident that while I'm here in Miami, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to transition to a much better supported sleep protocol than what I'm doing and kick the, uh, you know, kick the, I take like a, five milligram volume. I'm just admitted. I'm not proud of it. You know, it's like, it's not, I know it's not fucking good, but when, when the stressful times, when times are hard, that put me to sleep and I got, I was able to sleep for the past five years. So yeah, granted, I understand there's massive problems with that category of pharmaceutical intervention, massive problems, but mad gratitude again, to pharma for at least having that option. Maybe it wasn't the best option, but goddamn, did it help me you know, in during this stretch, but now it's, it's run its course. It's lived its time. And now there's better options, healthier options for the longevity of my life. And then that's what we're working towards. Brother. And I, I take that so sacredly that, you know, uh, number one, that's super cool. You, you, you talk about that and just, you're just such a real dude, bro. So that's, that's, that's super cool. And I take it sacredly too, to like get us through that road you know, of like, yeah. you know, kicking that to the can. And I say us, cause like, I, I like to take that dive with the person, you know, that we're, I'm working with, um, because there are better options, right. And more natural options and, um, and to modulate those GABA pathways, right. That's mm-hmm. where that, that basically that system's working on. Um, but it's what I always tell people. And I, I think I told you this in the beginning, I'm like that off button, um, and even the on button too, to bring the body back to that homeostasis, to that, like that, that Spartan, that, mm-hmm. you know, that caveman, whatever the heck, you know, like in my head, I think of it that way. I'm like, how was the human meant to function? You know, um, you, it, it takes a minute. It's not, it's like weight loss. It's like when you see somebody like yeah. lose weight, et cetera, and so forth, that the chemistry is changing. And as the chemistry is adopting, I mean, look, your red blood cells, they live for 120 days, right? Mm. Sometimes you need all those cells to die. Your gut lining is brand new every two weeks. So that those cells, that those chemical processes, even the neuroplasticity of your brain, those things take time to change. And as they're changing, that's when effectively you start to see improvement and improvement and improvement. And we start to see reversal in epigenetic clock, uh, not reversal, but slowing down, it's wrong to say reversal, slowing down of epigenetic mm-hmm. clocks. Um, and ultimately I have faith, like we've done successfully multiple times where we, we get people's sleep, right? We get people's wakefulness, right? And that's why I gave up the coffee too. Cause I'm like, you know what? I want, I want to put I want to put my money where my mouth is because that was the only thing that I was like still. And some of it is just having, you know, I've I've obviously gotten off all my medication that I use to help me sleep and all other, you know, I don't really use any medication during the day. It's all it's all nighttime stuff. But I do regular ayahuasca sets and you cannot, you just cannot mix ayahuasca with pharmaceuticals. Just do not under any fucking circumstance do that. It's very dangerous from both a physical biological level and a psycho-spiritual level, it's extraordinarily dangerous. So I get off and, and I, it's, it's 
tough, but I do it because I know I have to do it. And, and I just, because I have to do it and I'm like committed, I'm going to Costa Rica, Maestro Orlando Chuandama's flying from his village and I got to fucking do it. So I just do it. And it's, and I've done it, you know, probably five times at, you know, at least, cause that's about how many ayahuasca trips I have. And it'll, so it'll be for a couple weeks and it'll be a little rocky at the start. And the first night it'll be up and down. It'll feel like maybe three or four, you know, hour to hour and a half naps, you know, throughout the course of a night where I'm up and down. And, and then the next day it's a little bit better and I sleep a little longer and sleep a little longer, sleep a little longer. And then every time I'm like, I did it, I'm off. And then one of those nights will come where my mind is just spinning, spinning, spinning. And I got a podcast in the morning and a meeting, a meeting like coming up after that and starting to creep up to 3 a.m. again. And I'm like, fucking A, like if I don't sleep today, I'm not going to be able to be sharp on the podcast. There's hundreds of thousands of people that are going to listen to this podcast. I have to be on my best. I owe it to the people. I got to take this. I got to take this thing. And I don't know if that's me just kind of rationalizing and justifying it, but there is some practicality to it, but it's always been the thing that's got me back on the old, on the old broken way. And, and I really just want to break that for good. You know, and, and and just trust myself that even if we had to do this podcast today and I didn't sleep well last night, like I'll figure it out. You know, like I can trust my brain. I can trust my body. It may not be comfortable. So I guess the message is a pep talk to myself to like have a little more endurance, have a little more Spartan kind of, all right, I'm just going to fucking deal with this yeah, and I'm yeah. going to stick to it. And that kind of that will. And, uh, and that's, that's definitely something that's going to be necessary to make the path because, you know, rolling, tossing and turning in bed, it's not fun, but you just have to endure it. And, and I think like with what we're doing, um, also my, my goal and what I've seen happen plenty of times before is as, as, uh, your chemistry is improving, all of a sudden, you know, you start to be like, Hey, maybe I don't need to take this thing. And it actually becomes easier. And yeah, sure. Um, you've, you've had moments in the past, like, yeah, it's 3 a.m. I got a podcast tomorrow. I got a busy day, et cetera. Uh, what am I going to do? I need to rest. But if you're feeling optimized, kind of like when, you know, got on the testosterone, it's like, whoa, my life 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. The testosterone does that kick pretty, pretty hard. But um, as we're optimizing the, the, your, the, your body, et cetera, um, it'll become easier for your body not to need a crutch to stay awake. Or for, for example, in my DNA, it says I have a high propensity for daytime sleepiness. Mm. Super high. That's why I said the coffee thing was so big for me. I was like, damn it. And I could feel it. And then I had insulin resistance years ago, et cetera, you know, where I was just like exhausted out of my mind. I never had a sleep problem, but it was just like, bro, I went to med school, man. Mm. I would mm. sit there, I'm like seeing double the lady, you know, like mm-hmm. professors and so forth. You know, I struggled with, so that was a big thing for me. I'm like, okay, how do I wake the hell up during the day? How do I not yawn during the day? I, we, I ask this to clients all the time. Like how many times are you yawning today? I'm like, yawn? Was it supposed to yawn? Yeah, sure. If you're in like this deep parasympathetic sp- state, you know, um, on a beach, relaxing out on a boat here in Miami. So whatever. Yeah, sure. It's normal for you to yawn and just relax. But on a work day, when you're going, you're in the office and you're like, no, that's not normal. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's okay to yell. No. Oh, it's okay to take naps during the day. No, you're not supposed to do that. 
mm-hmm. right? So I and you can, you know, if if nap's going to help you. I mean, I think I think uh, Nick Littlehale. I, I've cited his book. You know, he's kind of one of the sleep experts. I'm actually a fan of naps, but the fact that you can, yeah. and that you need it, yeah. is a different thing. Exactly. You know, it's a different I mean? story. Like Saturdays are like my unwind day. You know, uh, you know, we usually with family or whatever. Yeah, sometimes you can catch me napping on my wife's lap or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm saying on the, uh, you know, you're on and you know, if I'm doing this podcast with you and I'm thinking about taking a nap right after because I need it. Right. 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 Yeah, that's the that's what we want. We want to be able to just live live the live the fullest version of our life. Absolutely. You know I mean, it, life is so spectacular, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you have to you have to put some energy to access it, and you have to have the right mindset to access it. And if you can do that, it's we're in fucking paradise. It's like this is this is heaven if you're able to do that. And yeah, I know there's challenges and I know there's difficult situations for people and there's wars and there's all kinds of hellish states. All of that's granted, but the possibility of what the earth can provide and what our body can access, the taste, the smells, the scents, the pleasures, the everything that's available to us, it's spectacular. And we just need to get ourselves in the state where we can access it. Absolutely, man. And getting to that state Getting to that state is one of like my main things. It's that state of that. That's what I always say. It's like when people ask me, what do you do at Biohacks? I'm like, performance and, re- and longevity, man. That's the, the main, main, main goals. Want to get and perform at a high state possible and live to the longest I can. I want to die late as young as possible. Let's go. Let's go. Die late as young as possible. That's, that's, that's the motto. Well, I'm going to keep people posted. You know, this has obviously been the most I've shared about my own medical, you know, my own medical history. And and obviously we have fertility. That's going to be an ongoing theme. We got my sleep. That'll be an ongoing theme. Um, I'm looking forward. There's a, there's a peptide called kiss peptin that I heard is really great for fertility when we're actually trying, (laughs) I'm going to, we're going to bring that in right now. We're just getting the factory reopened. We're in factory reopened, (laughs) which might be open. So so we're being surprised. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to. Um, I'm waiting for that text message. I really am. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I just, uh, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate both, you know, the availability of all the different, you know, solutions. And of course, you know, my background founding on it, of course, targeted supplementation is something that we've brought in. You've brought some of our formulas through clinical trials. And we know, I know that side, and I don't want to leave that out of the conversation. I'm just bored of talking about it (laughs) because it's like all I've been talking about is targeted supplementation for a long time. So don't think that I'm like, you know, now that I've sold on it or whatever, I'm like, oh, the supplementation's bullshit and we're on to peptides. No, every fucking day I'm taking my, you know, you look back at my cabinets there, it's all of the products that we designed it on it because they're fucking amazing. You know, Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, the whole, oh. the whole gamut, right? So I just I wanna, take Alpha Brain every once in a while too. Yeah. I love that stuff. And, it's and, great. And even compared to some really strong peptides, mm-hmm. even compared to some really strong peptides, like especially for studying, you know, like I'm like, wow, I can actually feel this thing working. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to put that out there that, you know, we didn't talk about it much again, because I'm fucking bored of talking about it. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about other stuff, but that's a huge part of my life. And, uh, and yeah, and just appreciate, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, it wasn't like we were in the, in the back of the car. Cause I, there's, you know, other doctors that I know who have peptides and different things. We wouldn't be sitting here now if it wasn't for, 
that conversation we had, not about peptides and not about all the techniques, but about energy and about this kind of holistic picture <clears throat> of how to live in the fullest human expression. And, uh, and I just, you know, really honor and applaud you for like holding that while it's simultaneously holding all of the medical knowledge that you have. Cause I think that's really the future of, uh, of actually health care. Amen, man. And thank you for believing in me. Thank you for that conversation. Cause I, I felt that too. When, when we had that conversation, it was like the second conversation that night, I felt like I connected with you there too. I'm like, Oh, I know what this, this guy's about. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I resonated with you. And so just, you know, thank you for believing in me and uh, for having me on your podcast. Most of all, yeah, and I appreciate sure. you brother. Well, gratitude. We're, we're in this journey together. Gratitude. Amen. Gratitude. Amen, 2023, the year of gratitude. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, man. That was awesome, brother. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode with Dr. D. If you're interested in biohacks, make sure you check them out and stop by their incredible facility if you're in Miami. Thank you so much, everybody. So much love, and I'll see you next week.